deal here today. You get a, a concert. Yeah. Amen. Uh, it was so good to see. Um, well, I better not say all that. I had some, some great uh, things to say, but I didn't know Bob Weir was going to be here with us this morning on the guitar. And uh, I've always been a fan of the Grateful Dead. Um, don't you appreciate the band this morning? I, I got to say that it's just one of the most fantastic worship experiences I've been around all year. And you're blessed. Amen. I said you're blessed. Yeah. Amen. Aren't we? Aren't we blessed? Well, let's just go to God in prayer. We're going to get right into the word. Lord, we love you. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Oh, we're just living in your love today. We're, we're counting on your love today. We're resting in your love today. Hallelujah. We're rejoicing in your love today because your love for us is more than enough thank you that your love is shed abroad in our hearts hallelujah i thank you father that we see our ourselves our lives on mission we're not just trying to make it through this world on our way to heaven but father i thank you that we're sensitive to the to the holy spirit who's living on the inside of us leading us and guiding us and directing our paths as we open the word today lord thank you for speaking to hearts uh, uh, changing minds, uh, focusing spiritual eyes and ears, being in tune. I thank you, Father, that you make my mouth as the pen of a ready writer. Hallelujah. To speak the actual oracles, the word of truth today, that it would pierce the hearts of every man, woman, and child in the room. And we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor for all that shall be done today. In Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say a good amen. amen. I want to direct your attention uh, to a couple of verses here. Let's start in John chapter 1. And this morning I'm on a mission. Turn to your neighbor say he's on a mission. It used to be a Van Halen song. A lot of rock and roll in the room this morning. Van Halen's song called Man, man on a Mission. But uh, I'm a man on a mission today, and I came to deliver a uh, Holy Ghost word to you. So I, I encourage you to get your notebook out or your, your, your cell phone out and, and take notes of this. Uh, uh, there's just no way that you'll remember everything that the Lord is saying, and we've got a lot to cover in a short amount of time. How many are going to be with me today? Amen. The Bible says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Everyone say, God and His Word are one. One more time. God and His Word are one. Malachi 3, 6 and Hebrews 13, 8 both say that God doesn't change. That Jesus Christ, being the Word made flesh, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what we gain here is if God and His Word were one and they don't change, then God and His Word are one. I can only get to know God through His Word. Everything starts off with the Word. Notice it said in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. God put His Word before He put Himself. Amen. This is why the enemy works so hard on Christian people and, and, and uh, also people who are stuck in the world, keeping them from the Word. 
People say, I need, I need prayer for this and that. I need counseling for this and that. Well, if our prayer and our counseling aren't based first on the word, you know, you'd have a lot of less need in your life for prayer and counseling if you'd go to the word first. Amen. I love health tips and I appreciate that, but it doesn't replace the word. God wants first crack at everything in your life. He does. There's no reason as a born-again, spirit-filled believer maturing in the Lord to, to give first crack to the doctors or give, give uh, first place to, to uh, any other thing than what the Bible says. It's the only thing that doesn't change. Science changes every day. I'm 43 years old. 40 years ago, they said this and that will work for you. This and that will work for you. Well, 20 years down the road, this and that, it doesn't work anymore. But God's word always works. It reigns supreme. In fact, his word, when it's sent forth out of your mouth, it cannot return void. It has to accomplish that which you please. And it has to prosper in the place where it's sent. His word is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. His word is health. His word is life. Remember he said, my son, attend unto my words. Incline thine ear. That's Proverbs 4. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let not my words depart from thine eyes. Keep my words in the midst of their heart. Why? For they, my words, are life. It's his word that's 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 medicine to all your flesh. So I encourage you, with all you're getting, get understanding that his word is your answer. Amen. Amen. Now your response to that says a lot about what you think about his word. I heard a good man that I highly respect. He said, the way that you treat this book is the way that you treat Jesus. The honor and the time and the respect that you give to this book is the honor, it's the level of the honor and the time and the respect that you give to the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the word. Can't get to know him outside of the word. Amen, this is going over real big, I can tell. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. I came this morning as a spiritual doctor to deliver some medicine. And so we'll try and have some humor along the way because I'm a jolly guy and, and I like uh, having good time. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. But I pray that you'd receive this medicine this morning and that it would begin to go to work in your, your uh, mind, will, and emotions. That's your soul. And that it would begin to come out of your mouth and do work in your physical body. You know, when we come to church as believers, we're not coming just for entertainment. That's kids' stuff. No, we're coming to do spiritual work. When we come together in worship, what are we doing? We're magnifying the Lord, but we're doing work in the Spirit. We're casting down imaginations or any high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. We're bringing every thought into captivity and making it obedient to the Word of God. What are we doing when we approach the Word? Is it just to say, well, Pastor Henry was really on today. Brother Joey was really on today. You know, there's some days you're not going to feel that what's coming from this pulpit was right on because it hits you right here. But if you come to do spiritual work and you come together to do spiritual work, that's when things start to happen. Can you say a good amen? amen. Turn your attention here to our next verse here. In, in, uh, I want to look at Matthew 24 and I'll give you a minute 
to get there. But along the way as we're turning, if God and his word are one, the only way I get to know God, the only way I can have a relationship with God, if God and his word are one, to not have God's word in a matter would be to say not having God in that matter. Usually when I'm praying for people, if somebody comes to me, there's not always time in a, in, in, in a service, but when I'm, when I'm asked to pray or counsel with somebody, my wife can tell you I, I do spend hours, sometimes in a day and at least hours a week, uh, sending emails, responding to uh, things on social media. Yesterday alone on a nine-hour drive, I spent two hours uh, uh, talking and counseling to people uh, around the United States who depend on me for a relationship, for encouragement and this and thing. But my counsel and my guidance, if it's not solely based on the word, it's just my thought about the matter. It's just my opinion. Notice that when Jesus took a thought, remember when Jesus uh, uh, came out of the wilderness after 40 days fasting? Satan himself came to tempt him, right? What did Jesus do three times to deal with the temptation of the devil? He came to the word and said, it is written. Forever setting a platform and a standard of how we deal with evil spirits. Jesus talked about in Matthew, four evil spirits that were at work in the earth that are still at work. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Four evil spirits that are at work. You know, nothing is happening by accident in this world. And it's not man or flesh and bone that is causing everything to happen. They're merely tools of what is going on behind the scenes. Just like you and I are a weapon in the hand of God. Filled with the spirit of truth and the spirit of life. We're a weapon in the hand of God. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. What do we do? We render them harmless. Why? Because our authority from Father God trumps any authority that we may come up against. Right? Is this not the word of God? We're living in a time right now that we must come back to the word of God like never before. You might be sitting here. You might be thinking, man, this is really ringing my bell. This is really hitting me. I need to get into the word more. Hey, don't feel bad about it. Don't beat yourself up about it. Don't take any time feeling remorse. Just do it. Just do it. Make time for the word of God. Like our sister said, make time for what's most important. If his word is health to my flesh, make time for his word. And put it before any other thing. You know, this morning, I woke up, I'll tell on myself, I took Advil. But before I took Advil, I said, I command you to do what you're supposed to do in the name of Jesus. Now, some people laugh at that. They go, well, that's silly. You know, I also talk to my wallet. I do. I say, I command you to be full in Jesus' name. I talk to my credit cards. I say, I command you to, to, uh, to, uh, to be uh, uh, in, the, in the black. Amen. I talk to debts. I command them to be paid off. You know, besides our house, we're completely debt-free. How'd that happen? Did it happen overnight? No, we've been talking to things. 
No, Jesus set that in motion for us as the church in Mark eleven twenty three. We won't, well, we'll turn there. We'll get off our notes. I never stick completely with my notes. I never have time to finish a full sermon. That's all right. There shall be more. Mark eleven twenty three. I told you to turn to Matthew. We'll come back to that. Notice, have you ever noticed this? Well, we better look back here just for a minute. Look at verse 12. And on the morrow when they came from Bethany, he, Jesus, was hungry. Seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Interesting. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, takes time to talk to an inanimate object, a tree. Well, it gives you precedent. People laugh when I say, talk to your wallet. People laugh at me and say, hey, you got debts? Talk to your debt. You know, your flesh is so much more comfortable talking about things than talking to them. We live in an age where people would rather text than talk on the phone. There's something to be noted about that. I can't get through to certain people. They'd rather, they won't answer. They forward me, and then they text and say, what's up? What's up is we need to talk, because faith comes by hearing, not texting. That's the truth. And you need to measure that up in your own soul. Why are people uncomfortable talking face to face? There's something to that. You know, the flesh is the thing that's warring against the spirit. And Galatians said, if you feed that flesh of the flesh, you reap corruption. But if you feed the things of the Spirit, truth, love, all the fruits of the Spirit, if you feed the Spirit, you reap life everlasting. It's time to get back to feeding our spirit, prospering our soul. Remember 3 John 2 gave us a wonderful secret and a wonderful uh, desire. God said, Beloved, I wish or pray or desire above all things that you prosper and be in health. And then he gave a stipulation, even as your soul prospers. What's my soul? My mind, will, and emotions. You got a whole uh, 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 world of, uh, of church people trying to get out of debt, trying to stay healthy, trying to stay above. Well, there's no big secret to it. Prosper your soul with the word of God. Say what God says. Stop talking about the thing and start talking to the thing. Stop talking about the thing and start talking to the thing. Stop talking about a matter and start talking to the matter. That's why I talk to my wallet. That's why I talk to my finances. That's why I talk to my angels. You know, it's biblical to talk to your angels. For if you don't command them what to do, they just stand around. Why? Because they hearken to the voice of his word. God himself said, put me in remembrance of my word. Tell me what I said about you. Tell me what I've said to you. Our prayer life should be filled with God, you said this. Lord, you said that. In Malachi, he said, prove me. Prove me herewith, saith the Lord, if I will not do these things. When I was younger, 
and, and, and I'm still maturing in the Lord. But I can remember in my 20s, much of my prayer life was filled with needs and telling the Lord, I need this. Thank God he's so good and faithful. Philippians 4.19 says he shall supply all. All's the biggest word in the Bible. Three little letters, but it covers all. He shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, much of my prayer life was, Lord, I, I need my rent paid. Father, if you could just help me pay my rent. Man, I remember when that was a big issue. If I could just pay my rent. Lord, if you could just pay my rent. Father, if you could just help me this month, I'm a little behind on my car note. And just eh, saying, Lord, I thank you. I had that one good scripture. You said you'd supply all my needs. Didn't know where it was. I just knew it was in the book somewhere. Lord, I know it's in there. You supplied so many people's needs in here. You supplied for David, Lord. I don't know where it's at, but it's in there. Lord, you, su you supplied for Abraham. That's somewhere way back in here. Exodus, I think, somewhere. I don't remember exactly. But as you grow and mature, you know, you can believe God for a hunger for his word because Jesus said as touching anything whosoever would believe as touching anything it shall be done you can believe God for a hunger if your current status is you hear that and it hits your heart and say man I really need to spend more time in the word that's what the Lord's saying to me today but I just I got to be honest I wish I had a hunger for it ask God for it Lord give me a hunger for your word and with that prayer Expect a hunger to begin to manifest. Now, you'll have to take a, a step first in the natural by opening up your Bible. And though you're not currently hungry to spend a lot of time in it, you know, there was a time in my life that I didn't like asparagus. We've got a little guy over here, Everest. There's certain things he loves. Sometimes we feel bad as parents. Don't tell anybody. I hope this doesn't get outside this room. But our son currently lives off mama's milk and bacon and french fries. <laughs> it's a pretty well-rounded diet, I think. All you judgmental people. But you know what? Yesterday we were at a restaurant on our way back, and we stopped, and, and uh, they had Brussels sprouts on the menu. Now, I like Brussels sprouts. And so we're sitting there, and I said, Everest, he had his french fry in his hand. I said, you can have one more fry, but then you have to eat this. And he looked at it and he goes, eh. And I said, no, no more fries. You have to eat this Brussels sprout and this piece of hamburger. Eh. So he got done with his fry, and he did his little sign more. I said, no. Now you eat the Brussels sprout and the hamburger. And he went, huh. And I said, nope, no more fries. So he just turned away. Well, we sat in silence, stalemate, <laughs> me and a 21-month-year-old. We sat there, and he wouldn't look at me. And then he tried to sneak over and grab a fry. And I said, no, you're going to eat this Brussels sprout and this hamburger. You know, it got to the point after about five minutes that I helped him with it. You know, I helped him. I held his arms and I took that Brussels sprout and I put it through his lips and I put his jaw on it and I clamped it down. And I said, you're going to eat that. You know what he did? He ate it. You know, sometimes you need somebody, a pastor, 
or an evangelist or a good friend who's full of the word and full of the Holy Spirit who loves you too much to just give you what you want to hear. Your flesh wants to hear when you're going through it that it's all right. We've all been there. Well, that's fine to relate to somebody, but if that's all you got, you've given them nothing. How dare us as Christians spend all of our time relating to people who are stuck and never help pull them out? Sometimes you got to help people and do a relationship risk and say, you know what, I'm going to risk this. I'm going to risk offending you, but I love you too much. This is what the Word of God says. This is what God has to say. And I want to help hold you accountable because this is what God has to say about it and this is never going to change. And so if you'll go with me, you may not want to. It's like force feeding my son. He doesn't know yet what's good for him. You know, there's some people who have forgotten what's good for them. You remind him of the word and the spirit that's around them. I didn't say they were demon possessed, but the spirit that's loose in this world, the spirit of Antichrist tries to cover their eyes and, and plug up their ears. And when they hear the truth, they go, Oh, how dare you? I thought we were friends. We're friends beyond friendship. We're brothers. We're in the family of God. And I want to help you because I love you. You know, compassion will bring you to tears sometimes over helping a brother and sister in need. I'm not too big to cry over one of you. I'm not too big to, to shed some tears and pray for, for you if you have a hardened heart at a tough time in your life. Whatever it takes to get you back on track with the Word because His Word is life, it's help, it's health, it's prosperity. And that's what... That's what they do here at the Promised Church. They feed you the word. And if, oh man, you hear that word? I thank God for the days where something hits me so hard and I know it was God, but I'm not currently in a mental state to just go, amen! <laughs> now they're more rare these days because we're growing. I'm not where I was five years ago I won't be here tomorrow I'm growing you know the number one job as a Christian is to grow we're not supposed to stay stagnant can I ask you a hard question shouldn't be too hard do you know any more scriptures today than you did a month ago or six months ago do you know any more verses about God, what God has said about your financial situation and your money. You know, there's over 2,000 verses that deal specifically with financial increase from Genesis to Revelation. Yet you say money, rich, or wealth, or inheritance in many churches and around many Christians, and that evil spirit stands up of pride and says, Oh, we shouldn't talk about that then quit your job. <laughs> Why are you trying to work to get anything ahead? Hello? Isn't it interesting that that spirit has been woven into the fabric of society? One of the big things, that I'll just go on with this. If I'm never invited back, that's all right. I'll see you in heaven. Not too far away, I believe. A lot closer 
than I think what anyone thinks. I think Jesus is coming so soon. And if he's coming, that means it's seven years earlier that we're going to be raptured. If there was ever a time to have a, a life that was committed to the word. If there ever was a time to have a prayer life. If there ever was a time to memorize and commit to, to, to your conscious memory of what he said about anything. If not for you, for somebody else. And you have a preaching anointing on your life that's growing in you. I wasn't going to do this. But, but, but expect it. Expect it to flourish. And don't resist it and don't look in the natural and say, well, I already have a job or I have this. There's something on you. It's the Holy Ghost. And let it rise in you. Let it rise and expect it. Expect it. Wake up in the morning and say, I have a boldness to preach the gospel. And I am anointed. Luke 4, 18. Hear me. Hear me. Shh, shh, shh. Clapping's neither praise nor worship. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent you to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty to them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I can see you canceling debts off of people with the words of your mouth. That is what the acceptable year of the Lord is. It's the year of jubilee. All debts canceled. And I see you preaching the good news to friends and family and a fresh grace and anointing on you to say such things with such boldness. And it pierces their hearts and forms instant belief. And they see it in your eyes and they hear it in their ears. And those who might normally resist such a thing, such a word, all of a sudden they go, no, that's God. In this woman. So expect it. A fresh grace. A fresh grace. To come upon you. A preacher. Marked of God. In this season. And in this last day hour. You mark my words. There will be an itch. To preach. Scratch it. Scratch it. Lord we thank you for your word. Lord we thank you for moving by your spirit. In this time. And speaking both to us. And through us. In Jesus name. You know. Uh, the body of Christ has done very well. Over the years at getting the word of God. To us. But that's not the whole plan. It's can he get it through you. Can you see yourself. As a weapon. In the hand of God. Going into spiritual warfare. For the weapons of our warfare. Are not carnal but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Did you know that you are a soldier in the army of the Lord? And there is a protocol to being a soldier. And when God the Father, the general, begins to speak by his spirit... And he begins to talk to you in the hours of the evening. And he begins to give you dreams and visions. And he begins to show you who you really are in him. James says the man who looks at the, himself in the word, the perfect law of liberty. He comes before it and he sees himself. Can you see yourself in the word? When you read the Bible, do you see it for everybody else in there? Or do you see yourself in there. I say by the Spirit that you're a soldier 
in the body of Christ and in the army of the Lord. What do you say about you? John G. Lake used to look at himself in the mirror and he'd say, John, you listen to me. Look at me, John. You're a man called of God. There was a man called of God and his name was John G. Lake. I am that man. And his anointing is on me and his spirit is in me. And the words that I speak, they are life. John, you pay attention. You look at me when I'm talking to you. When you lay hands on the sick, John, the sick are healed. When you speak the word of God, John, people believe you. John G. Lake shaked the planet in his lifetime. The president of the United States, when Lake moved to Washington, spoke in. He said, spoke in. Washington will be known as the healthiest city in the world because John G. Lake lives there. How do you see yourself? You'll never see what God sees without getting into what God says. I've been saying this for four years now. A word from the Lord came to me four years ago as I was getting up in a pulpit in Massachusetts. And I was being introduced by the pastor there. And the Lord said, tell them it's now or it's never. And the pastor's going on and telling how we met. And he said, you tell them it's now or never. I thought, well, that's not in my notes. You tell them it's now or never. You tell them it's now or never. You tell them it's now or never. So he said, well, please welcome Reverend Joey Roberts. And I got up. And I said, well, let's pray. So we prayed. and I said, I can't shake this, and I know it's the voice of the Lord. But I'm supposed to tell all of you, it's now or never. You have such a, a, a small sliver of time to obey God. And it's now or never. If you're going to go down in heaven's history as someone who obeyed God, someone who had a solid prayer life, someone who reached out to the lost, Someone who walked in love and forgiveness. Someone who had an uncommon peace and joy about their life. It's now or it's never. Because there's not much time left. There's no time to be on the fence any longer. No time to be on the fence any longer. Time is coming to a close. It's wrapping up. It's wrapping up. If you're ever going to have a relationship with God by his word something rock solid so that when the struggles and the things of this world try and attack you and try and come against you you can stand you can stand and after done having done all the stand stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Carrying the shield of faith. Wielding the sword of the spirit. Do you know how to wield your sword? How many more days will you spend fooling about? No, it's time to sharpen our sword. How do I sharpen my sword? With the words of my mouth. Saying what God said. In Mark 11 there, Jesus mentions the word in verse 23, say three times it's mentioned. 
For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Say is mentioned three times. Believe is mentioned once. The enemy runs Christians a lot of times on a rat race, chasing their tail. You can't believe for that. You can't believe for that. You can't believe for that. You'll never believe for that. You don't have the faith for that. You can't believe that way. That's too big for you. That's, that's, that's okay for so-and-so. They're a big deal, but you're not a big deal. You'll never believe for that. You don't have the faith for that. Forget all that. What can you say? If I say it long enough, the belief will take root. You know, the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they shall not depart from it. Little Everest, he's such a good little guy. He really is. Sometimes I look at him. Even when he's not doing the right thing, I'm just, he's just, there's something good about little kids. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in the sun. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Oh, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Hey, hey, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in the sun. Jesus loves the little children of the world. I don't hear that song on the news lately. <laughs> Oh, Jesus loves the little children. I look at Everest. Every day I have a decision. I decide exactly how he's going to turn out. I do. I decide. You know, my son's going to like girls. I've decided that. I've decided that. I want you to look into my eyes. I've decided that. I decided it before he was born. He'll be straight as an arrow. What if he's not? Not possible. I'll train up a child in the way he should go. See, I have the right to hold God accountable to do what he said he would do. There are certain things that you don't have a choice. I want to see everybody's pupils. I do. I decide. I decide every day with the way I talk to him and the way I treat him and the way I love him. Well, what if? You know, you can cancel a lot of what ifs. If you can find it in the word, it belongs to you. If you can't find it, it's a gamble. Life is not supposed to be a crap game. Well, they may or may not. Lies! Lies! You get enough truth in you. You may not know why something is false, but when you hear a falsehood, the truth will spring up and say, that is a lie. That's the Holy Ghost in you. Bears witness with your spirit that you are the Son of God. That same voice in you that bears witness. A woman came up in a healing line for a friend of mine one day. And my friend said, what do you need the Lord to do for you? She said, well, I'm just so sick and I'm just so beat up and... And uh, I just, I don't know why the Lord has put this on me. And this quick word came to my friend. He said, well, then you're going to hell, aren't you? And she said, I'm not going to hell. Jesus is my Lord. He said, the boldness that you have to declare of your salvation 
should be the same boldness that you have to declare for every other promise. That instant, something clicked in her. I can have boldness for my healing. She walked away whole. And I have boldness about how I'm training up my son because if I speak the word over him, you know, I used to say years ago, as a believer, you can go anywhere and do anything. Not if you're a Christian, you can't. Not if you're a believer, you can't. No. You're designed to hear one voice. I know the voice of the good shepherd. And a stranger's voice, I shall not follow. So if the Lord says, nope, don't want you to go to that school. I've anointed you to go to this school. Nope. There's a call on your life to do this. I know that this looks good. Security always looks good on paper. Instead of following your heart and the dreams that God has placed in your heart, the enemy will come along and he'll see that anointing and he'll see that potential and go, well, you better have a backup plan. Faith never had a backup plan ever. Ever. No, we hear the voice of the good shepherd. Thank God Noah didn't build a second boat. <laughs> Lord, I know you called us to do this ark thing, and it's good, but if it's going to rain, maybe we should work on another one. He had just enough time. Eighty-something years to build that ship. A whole lifetime, imagine, standing on one word from God. It doesn't even say that God repeated himself ever in 80 years. He said, build a boat. Rain's coming. What's rain? A flood's coming. What's a flood? He went on a build the boat mentality for him and his family. You know, they tackled that every day. Imagine being the only kid in town. Hey, bro, let's go throw the javelins. Let's hang out. No, I got to work on the boat. Why? Well, God told my dad that rain's coming. What a freak. Imagine. I'm telling you, something's coming. Something's coming. But for you and I, it's only good news. It's only good news. I'll leave you with this. The closer that we get with the Word of God, the more we begin to say what God says. Man, I watched it over the last 20 years of pastoring and preaching everywhere. I watched the enemy divisively try and take this word and downgrade it and manipulate people's hearts who are way into the word and shame them for it. I remember being at a conference once and the main speakers, they couldn't help themselves. It was an evil spirit using them to spread this, this, this terrible thing of shame. They say, you know... That word of faith stuff from 20 years ago, you know, that day's done. We used to, one of them chuckled, the other one, he said, I can remember going around telling people, you shouldn't talk that way. Hey, I wouldn't let that come out of my mouth. I think we need a little bit more of that today. That when our brothers and sisters who know better, who are talking death, doubt, and unbelief, who are talking like all hell's breaking loose and there's nothing we can do, we need some bold people in love to rise up and go, no, hey, God's got us. 
No weapon formed against us shall prosper. All those who rise against me shall fall. I'll never fear what the enemy can do. He's got nothing. We need more of that talk. The greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Well, you just don't understand. Did you see what they said on the news tonight? It's terrible what's going on over there. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. All those who rise against us. But, but, I mean, people get this mentality. Well, that's, that's kind of extreme. I know we're all word people. You see how people talk? They downgrade the word and they exalt the news. No, it's lies. It's time to get back to the word. It's time to make the word our fortress, to put up our shield of faith again around our families and around our children. When I speak to my son, I say, Everest, you're going to obey God. You're going to do the will of God. The anointing of God is on your life. The peace of God overwhelms you. You sleep all night long. You have a good night's sleep. You're blessed to be a blessing. Everywhere your foot treads, you own. You're the king's kid. Now, if I tell him that, those kinds of things by the word of God. If I do it diligently, Galatians says, don't grow weary in well-doing. For you shall reap. You shall reap in due season. I'm expecting when my son gets to be 12 and 13 to be a disciple taught of the Lord. And for great is his peace of undisturbed composure. To honor his mother and father. For it is the first commandment with promise that it may be well for him. He'll live a long time on the earth. And all the days of his life, he'll honor and magnify the Lord Jesus. He'll walk with the Lord and talk with the Lord. And the peace of God will be on him to the point where he can share it with other people. Now, I could go the other route and say, you know, son, just never, it's a different time in history. And things are just not as good as they used to be when you and your mother, your mother and I were growing up. And so it's just tough now. So don't expect too much. Just be grateful for what you've got. Just be okay with what you have. No, 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 we're not living like that. My latter days shall be greater than my form. My latter days shall be greater than the former days. The former and the latter reign, I get to inherit on my life. The blessing of the Lord is making me rich and he's adding no, no sorrow with it. The favor of God is on my life. Everywhere I go, blessings are coming. I find favor with God and man in this earth. See, you can't shut that down. Last but not least, if the devil can't shut you up, he can't shut you down. If he can't stop you from talking the truth of the word, if he can't get you to stop saying what God says, he can't stop you. But if he can get you to shut up long enough, and get realistic. Let's use wisdom. I hear that a lot floating around. Well, I know what the word says, but let's use wisdom. Whose wisdom are you going to use? Whose wisdom are we talking about here? We're talking about what? You don't have to look far for God's wisdom. 66 books. You find Jesus Christ in every single one. Well, I know that, but you got to use wisdom. Whose wisdom are we going to use? Man's wisdom's changing every day. But God's wisdom stands supreme. Will you stand to your feet with me? My time's up. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Father, for putting us in line with your word. We receive it with gladness of heart. Lord, I pray that each and every person here today would mix, mix faith with this word. 
that there would be a revival of the word of God in our lives. There would be a revival of the word of God in our homes and in our ministries. Lord, that we would gather around your word again. Gather around your word. Let's see what God says about it. Let's see what God has to say. Oh, and when that word rises and it grows up, Lord, thank you for the harvest that's ours and that's inevitable. It's promised to us. Lord, we thank you. We're grateful. Maybe you're here today before we turn this over. Maybe you don't know God. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're visiting today, please don't judge the church based on the wild evangelist. The evangelist comes in to bring urgency. The pastor brings decency. So please come back. But I am very urgent that Jesus Christ is coming. We may not even have another day. No man has promised tomorrow. You have now. Faith is right now. Nobody's promised tomorrow, but faith is right now. Maybe you're here today, and right now you'd, make a, you'd like to make a right now decision for heaven. You'd like to make a right now decision for Jesus. You'd like to make a stand in your life to receive the power of His goodness, of His grace. It's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. He's so good. His word will work for you. Where nothing else fits and nothing else works, His word always works. I'm inviting you today. Will you give His word a shot? He's nothing but love for you. By the uplifted hand, if you're here today, you say, Joey, that's me. Would you pray for me? I need to accept Jesus. Anybody need Jesus? For the first time, you never, you never received Jesus as your Savior, anybody? Hallelujah. Sir, is that you? Do you want to receive Jesus? Would you come down here? Anybody else want to join him? Bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Wow. You never know. You just never know. Man, take this, this good news to somebody. You never know who you're sitting right next to. You never know who you're next to on an airplane. You never know who's, who's going through what, but you have the life. You have the truth in you. Would you share it? Would you give it away? If you know you only had one week left, what would you do with the information, the revelation that you've got? That's what's burning in me right now. It's no longer years. I'm living like we got days. It's so important to know that your loved ones and those that you have influence with that they at least know what you believe, even if they don't accept it. And God will fill your mouth with the right words. Hallelujah. Let's all pray this prayer together. Maybe you couldn't come down. I want to join hands with my brother. Say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose from the dead. And he did it all for me. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior, as the Lord of my life. I commit my life to you, to live for you, to have a relationship with you around your word. Thank you for saving me and delivering me. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to just hug you, bless you. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. Bless you, man.
just so blessed today. Well, thank you guys so much for the great time. I love you. Pastor, appreciate it.